coming up on this episode of The Hive Life. I think the biggest challenge that we're encountering these days are the effects of the pandemic on people. Uh, you know, that self-reflection of what's satisfying, what do you do for your life and for your career, uh, and what keeps you engaged. And I think that's taken to the uh, our typical audience a little differently. And so we see a lot of, it's a candidate's market right now, uh, and there's a lot of opportunity for technology talent, right? This isn't new. That has always been a high demand and low supply. Uh, and so it's something that we definitely need to stay attentive to, see how we can overcome it. And there's ways to do that, uh, but you really have to listen very closely to the people. Welcome to The Hive Life, where we pull back the curtain on Spherical Media, a company based in Charlotte, North Carolina, with a team of former journalists that create beautiful, impactful stories that connect with your audience. Welcome to the Hive Life Podcast as we bring you episode one of our three-part series on talent retention and technology. I'm Jared Latch alongside Tim Baer, co-founders of Spiracle Media. We have plenty to talk about on this episode as we talk with Nick Hernandez, who we would deem as a veteran when it comes to human resources and recruiting. And Nick, thanks for taking the time to be here. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. A veteran, something to live up to. Veteran? You like that? (laughs) So let's start off with your current role in which you're approaching a year and a half, Vice President of Talent Acquisition and Development at Level, and prior to that, Director of HR at Passport. What makes up your days right now, day to day? Yeah, depends on the day. Uh, And you just reminded me of how many years I have in different areas. So (laughs) has it been a year and a half? Time flies. Uh, Really depends on the day. So I think uh, the majority of the time that we're, what what, what my obstacles tend to be is more so, how do we continue to find the right talent, right? We're a, a large, uh, not large, excuse me, we are a rapidly growing company. Uh, someone that started out more of a startup, but still feeling very startup and entrepreneurial and flat. Uh, and so really it's about finding where the talent is and how we overcome those obstacles that we encounter every day. So those are the majority of my time, other than some integration pieces and some back office stuff that we do. Um, we've got a lot going on at Level right now. That's awesome. And so for the people out there that don't know Level, give us that 30 second pitch. What What is Level? Yeah, not to be overly simple, but... Uh, we believe that the world, is, the world needs technology to improve, and we want to help facilitate that. So we help our clients create just great technology to be more efficient, effective, uh, and drive performance. So what is the, the biggest challenge you're seeing right now on the talent side? You know, because I know there's a lot. They're, they're different. They vary across different companies, but I would think they're very similar at the same time. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, you know, you ask me what the challenge is. Do you want just one? <laughs> no, you can go, throw a bunch. You can go yeah, as you deep as you want. Yes. Uh, I think the biggest challenge that we're encountering these days are the effects of the pandemic on people. Uh, you know, that self-reflection of what's satisfying, what do you do for your life and for your career, uh, and what keeps you engaged. And I think that's taken to the, uh, our typical audience a little differently. And so we see a lot of, it's a candidate's market right now Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of opportunity for technology talent right this isn't new that has always been a high demand and low supply Uh, and so it's something that we definitely need to stay attentive to see how we can overcome it and there's ways to do that Uh, but you really have to listen very closely to the people so are you guys uh, back in the office hybrid where what stage are you at right now in this whole piece because I know that also plays into you know you're hiring people through zoom and and so forth I mean how different is that process now for you yeah, you know, I think at first it started out very different. And, uh, you know, before the pandemic, Level's always been a company that's remote flexible, we'd like to say. 
we would hire where we find the talent. And whether you worked remotely or from an office location, didn't matter for us. We weren't managers of butts and seats, but more output performance, what you can get accomplished. Uh, so that wasn't really much of a change other than we did have fun when we were in the office, right? And so that was taken away a little bit from us. And so we had to find other ways to do it. But interviewing through Zoom, you know, those, what we used to do is those, uh, were those on-site interviews, right? When you got towards the final end stages, meet the people, see the environment. Uh, and that definitely changed, right, with the pandemic. So we had to find other ways to do it. Uh, and, you know, one of the ways we did was partnering with uh, your company uh, to really drive out, putting out information on what it's like to, to work at level. So with the hybrid challenges, because I want to get into the culture piece, which is so critical in any organization, what have you been able to do to maintain and, and try to put something forth that really keeps people connected in that hybrid environment? Yeah. You know, I think this is the conundrum we're all facing these days. And I think, uh, I don't believe that there's a silver bullet. Uh, I, I do believe that it's more specific or particular to the population that you're working with. And so how do you get the feedback from the team. How do you solicit that regularly? How do you make them feel comfortable to share that? Uh, they have great ideas, right? On ways that they want to be engaged. The other side of the coin is, I think everyone knows, especially in HR, you can't please everyone, right? Uh, and so that's not something that we're striving to do, but we're trying to make good decisions and engage the majority and try to pull in and make people feel included. And there's different ways to do it. There's also uh, different approaches that people appreciate in doing it. And so, we just gotta stay really open-eared, right? And and make sure that they're aware that we're listening and that we wanna take action on it and that it's important to us. So that's what we try to do. We listen in, make changes, uh, and drive engagement with events where, meet them where they wanna be met. And what are some of maybe the, the more unique ideas you've gotten yeah. you know, with those with those listening ears on yeah. that maybe people would like to see when, yeah, they're, when yeah. they're remote, maybe feeling a little bit disconnected, but yearning for connection? Yeah. You know, the question, the lens that we have to put on all of our opportunities now is how do we make people who aren't here in person feel included just as much as those that are able to attend in person? So how do we make everything remote friendly, right? And so that's the lens that we have to put on it. Uh, ideas that come up come any, anywhere across from virtual socials, uh, uh, book clubs. Uh, so you can do things on your own, but bring it back and collaborate uh, to, to celebratory events for, you know, Pick a month and we can celebrate a culture, um, we can celebrate a holiday, we can celebrate a, a people, right? A, a set of people uh, and just get better understanding and, and make it so that it resonates that people can then understand each other a little bit more. So we talked about the challenging environment, you know, and hard to find talent right now. Already was hard for you guys to find tech talent in, in the beginning. Now it's even harder. Um, one of the things we've seen throughout the pandemic is the merging of HR and marketing and how those two have really become bedfellows that never really were. They sort of were separate. There was always, you know, occasionally a culture push out or something like that or a job post push. But now it feels much more connected than ever. How has that evolved for you guys and how is that working in hiring and retention? Amazingly. It's such a critical piece. I feel like beforehand I was uh, on the other side of the fence saying, hey, we need marketing's help. We need marketing's help, right? And I think uh, a lot of HR professionals can, uh, can uh, align and understand uh, marketing primarily drives revenue through the sales, right, opportunity. And so how do you acquire leads and understand the business and, and get additional clients? And so that's where a lot of the budget and focus was marketing. But there's such a value proposition for it, you know, on the same end for recruitment and talent. How do we get that kind of sourced through and reached out to and share our story? Uh, and I've been really fortunate, actually, the team here at Level, they've been, I, I've told them multiple times, I said, you know, you're one of the first marketing teams that were chomping at the bit 
when it came to doing what some called recruitment marketing, some call employer branding, right, is how do you get what, what it's like to work at your firm out to candidates to make them informed candidates. And they've wrapped around it. So we've had some great routines on how do we build out for where are they, right? Where are they looking? What are they looking at? So whether it's a glass doors or LinkedIn's or Instagram's, how do we put out our culture? How do we really communicate out? Uh, and it drives internally as well, right? And when we think about culture, I think about language and what's common between a group of people and that makes them feel very culturally aligned. And so putting that language and that what it's like to work out, our existing employees see that too, they contribute to it and it continues to resonate internally and externally. So it's been a great partnership and it will be a critical piece to continue driving effective recruitment for sure. I think you could call the, the labor market right now very active and unique, probably a bit strange. At the same time, talking strictly with retention, what are you are you all experiencing a challenge there as well as these other companies? People are just jumping around; they're looking for for different opportunities for various reasons. Yeah, I think you know I don't know too many that are immune from that challenge that uh, we've heard about. Right, that that great resignation that's going out out and around. Um, and I think you know attrition and turnover in technology companies has always been something that's been a struggle, uh, especially on that software engineer side of the house. Uh, so it's been one that we've always looked to looked for ways to overcome. Uh, it does go back into you got to understand the people and what they want, uh, and there's different reasons for why people take a step out, uh, and mul many times it's positive reasons for their life and their choices, right? Um, and so it, a departure isn't always a bad thing, and so we got to respect that, acknowledge that, celebrate, right, and uh, continue to identify what are ways that we can continue to improve the experience for people. I almost see it almost like our software delivery lifecycle, right, our technology in the environment where they're so focused on the user experience, right, whether it's the user interface or the experience, map it out, right, how does this touch them in each spot, and that's how I view how HR can be effective for business. Let's map out that employee, even as far back as candidate, prospect experience, all the way through, you know, when they depart, whether it's retirement, whether it's whatever it may be. And so how do we make that experience optimal? And as long as we keep that in our focus and continue to iterate, iterate, I believe that we'll continue to maintain a good relationship with our people, show them that we're doing well, and retain really the strong talent there. Or at least that's how I approach it. Now that's sort of like a custom map for each employee, which is, which yeah. is really cool. So talking about custom maps, your career, um, you know, in Charlotte now, you've been involved with two of the biggest tech companies as far as startup to growth uh, possible. Take us back to your time at Passport, having watched that grown to the level now that, you know, a lot of the people there that were there in the beginning have moved on and gone to other tech companies and so forth, just like yourself. You know, how is that process or what's that feel like to be a part of that sort of growth time? And then, you know, no longer is it a baby. It's now a teenager. You know, it's now this new new entity. Yeah, it's exciting. And I kind of look back at many times and I it, it makes me pause and wonder, wow, that was that moment, right? And that's, you know, when I took a step out of a 240,000 employee global company and I was active employee number 80 at a technology startup company in Charlotte, um, it was, it was a, a daunting experience, very learning. You know, the person who brought me over to Passport at that time, she was someone I worked with before, Kate, and she had told me, I said, what was the big, big aha moment for you? We have a similar background. When I get there, what am I going to actually go through and uh, she simply said it's humbling 
you know, you come from a large entity or a large firm and you don't know how supported you are until your role is more broad, right, in its responsibilities. And so I learned a lot there. You know, Bob and Christian uh, and the team there that were there, they were just amazing, just so inspiring. Uh, and it really gave me a footing and understanding of what I was doing. I think it gave me a leg up and an opportunity to do it better. Uh, when I joined Level, which is another amazing firm, great talent, great leaders, so grounded. Uh, and I think that's the special sauce, if you will, for companies like Level or Passport. It's just the really smart people that are grounded. Um, you know, we jokingly say no, no brilliant jerk uh, as a culture piece, right? It's, uh, you can get a lot of accomplishment in technology, but if you feel you're too above certain tasks, um, considering how entrepreneurial and flat we are, just may not be the right fit. Uh, so we try to align there as well. So with all the different challenges in your world right now that are unique for the last year and a half, almost two years now, how do you prioritize, you know, from an HR perspective or for this could be speaking to other people in the in the field doing the same things that you do? How do you really hone in on the priorities? Is it really listening at the top of the list? But then what else is so critical right now at this moment? It's a big question. You can have five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving. It's like the holiday season. Um, you know, I, I try to, I, I'll give my perspective. My perspective is more, you got to take a step back often. All too often you can get caught up in the weeds. Uh, and even historically, HR has been so disciplined at being sectioned into, you know, functions. And, and then you get caught in your, your silo and you're trying to do what you're doing, but sometimes you lose touch about the bigger picture. And so what I would recommend based on how do you perform, how do you stay on top of things, is making sure you're taking a step back and understanding what the purpose is. And I think easily you can say HR is there to help really uh, uh, facilitate business being done the way it needs to be done uh, and supporting the people which are, in my opinion, the most important asset of a business, right? And it's definitely in technology consulting where we don't have a product, right? Our, our people are our product or are our brand. And um, so taking a step back and understanding what's the big picture, how are we helping the business do what they need to do, and how are we really driving that through the people experience and making it uh, an experience that supports them the way they need to be so that they feel confident in where they are and what they're really uh, approaching and attacking. All right, self-serving question alert. Uh, let's talk video. <laughs> you guys recently, obviously, we did the project with you, but video as a tool for recruiting, uh, for the process that you guys are are undertaking. You know, how do you see it playing out? How is it done? Doing being done well? Where are some opportunities that maybe people aren't thinking about? Yeah, you know, I think uh, the pandemic pushed us more into video than what we were used to. Um, kind of gave us a nice little push. Um, <laughs> And to your point, you know, while I was referring more internally with video meetings and web conference, driving that out to people who are more visual, uh, I think is, is a really an effective tool. Um, you know, being able to put out there the video that I worked with you guys on um, really got a lot of feedback on what it's like to work at level and a lot of accolade, a lot of information sharing going back and forth now. And it's really driving just the picture. Today, I mean, it's not an uncommon thing to talk about how candidates want to be informed, right? It's so hard to know what it's like to work somewhere. Um, you read a job description that may be a paragraph or two long, and it's like, that's all I get. Uh, so how do I know? And I think that's a great way to do it, among other ways, but at least starting, you know, put it out on video, see what it's like, let the people talk and see their, you know, communication so much more than just textual or flat, right? So facial expressions and the environment really play a big part in it, so we're driving that. And we're hopefully looking to do more with it, right? So even on job postings, having maybe hiring managers or leaders speak to what they're looking for, right? How do we take it to different platforms that people are actually receiving things on? Yep, 
That makes sense. Now, going back to your time at, at Bank of America, before we get to a couple, you know, quick hit questions on the personal side, and I mentioned veteran as a fun way at the beginning of the, the podcast, but you've been about 15 years in what I'd say the, the human capital, you know, part of the equation. How have you seen things change, whether incrementally or significantly? And then where do you think it's going in the way that HR departments, and you've probably touched on a lot of these through our conversation, but how has that changed in a, a 15 year window? Yeah. Ah, uh, another big question. I like these. I like these. Um, I just asked the easy one. I know. I know. He's all about the fluff. I <laughs> want to get right cop, to it. Bad cop thing. <laughs> yeah, right. You do it well. Um, you know, I, I think historically we've seen HR be more administrative, uh, a little bit more tactical. Um, you know, you think of HR sometimes historically, you think of payroll, you think of certain benefits. And if I have an issue with one of my benefits, I go to HR, right? Um, and I think beforehand it was more tactical in the way it would perform and accomplish what needed to happen for employees. But I think where it's been progressing and evolving too, which I love, is becoming more of a strategic business partner. How do we drive change and help from an organizational design perspective? Do you have the right people in the right spots for what you're trying to do? The right talent? If not, let's do that. You know, even business continuity, which, you know, I don't like wording that way. It sounds very corporate, but what happens, you know, if someone was to leave? right? Uh, does the world fall apart, right? So can we think forward and how do we have the right talent even on the bench uh, supporting that? So being more of a strategic business partner, um, being closer to the business so that you're living the same problems and then using your expertise to really drive out uh, performance on it. So I, that's where I see it going away from what can be automated or what can be more uh, using technology to accomplish and then let, leave the people where their most influence and power uh, exists, which is among the people and with the people to kind of implement change. No, 14 years ago when I came to Charlotte, I thought of HR as I could get a free flu shot or something. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the extent of, yeah. you didn't really go to HR unless there was an issue. Yeah. Right. And you didn't right. really want to go. It was like going to the principal's Somebody office. Somebody makes an inappropriate comment. HR? Yeah. That was, they, they, like, that's, that was the that's principal's like the, office. That, that's the punchline of like my last 10 to 15 years. Right? HR. Family and friends. Up, oh, HR is here. Right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> but we uh, realize now it can be fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Should be, hopefully. <laughs> All right. A couple quick rapid fire ones. Um, so what keeps you moving and motivated overall when it comes to your job? Yeah, the innovation, just the challenges that we have. You know, it's really crazy to see some of the things that we take on. And then it's even more inspiring to see the, the intelligent, smart people work to solve those or how they collaborate. Um, and so taking on challenges, I jokingly say how we're going to take over the world, right, uh, on our, in our growth and our work and our brand. Um, and so really striving for that is really what gets me excited. The opportunity, technology consulting firms specifically through this pandemic have really um, had an opportunity of growth, right? So many had to go contactless and digital overnight um, that there was a growth opportunity there and we we're just striking on it, really driving out the right behaviors. And so it's exciting to take that challenge on and grow. We're actually just announced uh, not too long ago a merger. Uh, we're joining forces with Indava, which is a, a technology consulting firm similar to us, very similar in culture and the way they do business, which has been great. Uh, but they, they're uh, based in the UK. They have a footprint in Europe and Latin America, and we're going to drive out their North America expansion, which is great. It was a great alignment of just values, the way we do business. It's been wonderful. That's what excites me. That's awesome. Mm. Give us a fun fact about yourself. Maybe it's a hobby thing you enjoy that, that maybe most people wouldn't know about. Goodness. Uh, I would say, well, I'll give you a boring fun fact to start. The first one that comes to mind is that I'm a cyclist. I love cycling. I've done 545 mile rides over seven days. 
uh, from San Francisco to LA, which has been phenomenal, such an accomplishment experience, a community that it builds. Um, that would be the, the, the fun fact that I would share that's more of a mainstream. I guess if I went a little bit more fun, I would say, no, I don't got one. That's okay. The cycling thing cycling's is, I mean, good. cycling we'll is fun. It's different. Yeah. And yeah. They help, I mean, it's LA, helpful. I mean, San yeah. Fran to LA, that's a, kind of, <laughs> that's a to take the highway down there. That's a pretty beautiful run. It is beautiful down there. Um, all right. One thing you learned about yourself going through the COVID pandemic, what did you learn about yourself that you didn't know before that? I would say that I'm, I'm not as much as an extrovert as everyone thought I was. Uh, I joked with a lot of family and friends that, you know, when people had, and everyone experiences this differently, and so when people were either suffering from anxiety or they were worried about, you know, they wanted more social uh, environments, I had this odd reaction where I kept telling my parents and family and friends, I'm doing okay. I'm not worried about it. I don't feel any certain way about it. I think I'm a, I think I'm a half introvert. I don't know. <laughs> Does that change? Is it a pendulum swing? Uh, so I would say that's the thing that I learned the most about myself, that I didn't really fret too much uh, or as much as I saw uh, among friends and family, which I was grateful for. I'm sure it was good to have you around then. You yeah. could emulate that in others' direction <laughs> to help them through it. Nick, thanks so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Valuable, valuable discussion. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. We want to remind you, you can find out more about Spiracle Media by heading to spiraclebuzz.com or follow us on all the major social media platforms and check out Spiracle Films as well by going to spiraclefilms.com. For Nick Hernandez and Tim Bear, I'm Jared Latch. Thanks for listening and so long for now. You've been listening to The Hive Life, brought to you by Spiracle Media. Always remember, you can visit spiraclebuzz.com or follow us at Spiracle Media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on The Hive Life.